Welcome to this extra inning of The Ballpark, a podcast from the Phelan U.S. Center here at the London School of Economics. I'm Chris Gilson, managing editor of the Phelan U.S. Center's blog on U.S. politics and policy, USAP. For this extra inning of The Ballpark, I speak to Professor Charles Kupchin, who is Professor of International Affairs at Georgetown University and Senior Fellow at the Council of Foreign Relations. From 2014 to 2017, Professor Kupchin served as Special Assistant to the President and Senior Director for European Affairs on the National Security Council in the Obama administration. In 2020, he published his latest book, Isolationism, A History of America's Efforts to Shield Itself from the World. Professor Kupchin joined us on the 9th of June, 2022, to discuss the future of the liberal world order and American isolationism. So President Biden has taken a decidedly different approach to international politics and the liberal world order compared to his predecessor, President Trump. Is America now really back? America is back in two critical respects. One is that the person who occupies the Oval Office is a liberal Democrat committed to the rule of law. And I have to pinch myself when I say that because it was quite unusual and distressing to have in the White House, someone who did not adhere to traditional values of Republican uh, rule, of decency, of political civility. So America's back in the sense that the finer traditions of liberal democracy have been restored. The U.S. is also back in that the Biden administration is committed to multilateralism. The U.S. is again a team player. And we see it in rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement, trying to negotiate the Iran nuclear deal. We see it in the response that Biden has led to the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, where there is incredible teamwork. I mean, the response has demonstrated remarkable transatlantic solidarity. That would not have happened during the Trump administration because there was just too much acrimony among key allies. I think that There's a big question mark that has to be put after America back, number one, because there are certain aspects of the Trump era that have continued. One is the pullback from the Middle East that really started under Obama, picked up under Trump, and Biden is the guy who took the tough decision to get out of Afghanistan. Number two, the U.S. is still not going back to free trade. Neither the Democrats nor the Republicans are in a free trade mode right now. And then in some ways, the $6 million question is, how long will this swing back to multilateralism and centrism last? We are only a few months out from the midterms. Inflation is running rampant. Biden's popularity is stuck around 40%. I think it's more likely than not that the Republicans will take back the House, that the America first wing of the Republican Party is going to be back. So right now, I would say the U.S. is in a position of considerable political uncertainty and fluidity. What does Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, as of this recording, now more than 100 days along, mean for the liberal international order? In important respects, Putin's invasion of Ukraine brings the West back, returns NATO to its traditional mission of collective defense against Russia. We see bipartisanship in the United States that we haven't seen 
for years. Republicans are joining Democrats in passing very sizable assistance packages to Ukraine. We've seen the EU stand shoulder to shoulder. We've seen Germany pass through a real inflection point, start investing significant resources into its military, decide to send lethal weapons to Ukraine. So there is a sense of transatlantic solidarity. There's a sense that the liberal democracies are coming together to stand up against an unprovoked act of aggression. But all the problems that we were worried about before this war began are still with us and they have not gone away. Illiberal populism is alive and well on both sides of the Atlantic. We have had several elections since the war has taken place and they give us cause for concern. In Hungary, Viktor Orban was reelected. Viktor Orban has generally been pro-Putin, pro what he calls liberal democracy. This is not a good sign for the health of the West and of Europe. We see in France a centrist, Macron, won re-election, but the far right got about 40% of the vote. In the United States, we're seeing quite ambiguous results in the primaries leading up to the midterms, where some very strong supporters of Trump are doing well, where in Ohio, there was a very, very tight race for the Senate, the Republican nominee, and guess who got it? J.D. Vance, a Trump supporter. You know what his policy is toward Ukraine? I could care less. What are we doing in Ukraine? So the West is back in the sense of it has come together to stand up to Putin, but we still face big challenges of repairing our democratic institutions, rebuilding our political centers, restoring public trust in liberal democracy. Is the U.S. now the most significant maintainer of the liberal world order? And I'd also be really interested to know your thoughts on how important Europe is or is becoming in this role as well. The U.S. is the most important player in defending the liberal order because, number one, it's the largest liberal democracy. In India, technically, is bigger and it is a liberal democracy, but it, it has traditionally taken a neutral stance. It has not been a key shaper in what we call the liberal order. And the United States is, after a hiatus, back in the position of leading the grouping of liberal democracies. I think it's safe to say that the U.S. was missing an action under Trump. One heard talk during that period that the leader of the free world was Angela Merkel, the chancellor of Germany. And I think that's right. I think that's probably the case because the United States was backing away from the order that it built. Trump was actively undermining the liberal order. He wanted to go back to a world of sovereign, hard, traditional, nationally focused states. I think that Europe remains a critical part of the liberal order, partly because it is America's main partner, but also because in some ways, Europe is politically healthier than the United States. And I'm not including in that the UK. In some ways, I think the UK and the US are together suffering through similar challenges. 
similar move to the political extremes, the depopulation of the political center. In Europe, where you have multi-party democracies, the angry voters have places to go, and mainstream center-left and center-right have stayed in the political center. So I think in, in many respects, Europe has withstood the test of time. Liberal democracy, I think, is stronger on the continent than it is in the United States. And one of the reasons is neoliberal orthodoxy. I, I do think that in the case of the U.S., there was too much market, too much let the economists and the banks decide. And as a consequence, America's middle class has suffered through several decades of stagnant wages. Inequality in the United States is spiking. And that economic insecurity is part of the reason that we see very significant polarization and difficulty in repopulating the political center. What role is China playing in the evolution of the liberal world order going forward? Well, I think China has taken advantage of the liberal order to rise. And, you know, you really have to go back to the 19th century during the era of Pax Britannica to trace the lineage of a globalized system with generally free trade, with first the United Kingdom and then the United States, essentially providing the public good of sea lanes of communication. And the Chinese have taken great advantage of globalization to prosper. They have essentially pulled off an economic miracle. Millions and millions of Chinese have moved from poverty into the middle class. Now, there are important ways in which China does not adhere to and is not intending to adhere to the liberal order. And that is when it comes to domestic governance and norms of human rights, of democracy, of republican rule that we normally associate with, with the liberal system. And so I think in China picks and chooses. It likes geopolitical stability. It likes economic openness. I think for both of those reasons, it's not particularly pleased with the Russian invasion of Ukraine because it's causing geopolitical instability and deglobalization. But I do think that we're in what I would call a kind of hybrid system where on the one hand, we live in a world that is globalized and interdependent, and I don't think that that's coming apart. But on the other hand, we have in China, particularly given China's relationship with Russia, a block that is not ready to sign up to the liberal order. And so I think what we're looking at as this century evolves is the realization that what we thought would happen 10, 15, 20 years ago, which was the universalization of the liberal order, that ain't happening. Instead, we'll probably see a liberal order of liberal democracies, a capitalist autocratic order led by China and Russia. And one of the challenges of our time will be how do we find shared norms in a world in which there are blocks that to some extent have common interests and are willing to play in the sandbox together, but to some extent are going their separate ways. President Trump, at least for now, is out of the White House. Could we see a return to the relatively isolationist policies of his administration under a different president? 
the Trump brand was as much a symptom of a cause of the inward turn in American politics. We saw that turn really begin during the Obama era, although I would actually trace it earlier. In the 1990s, when the Cold War ended, coverage of foreign affairs in the U.S. media plummeted. Clinton was very reluctant to get involved in the Balkans. Since the Cold War ended, there has been a kind of a new diffidence, a questioning about the projection of American power abroad that was then brought to a head by what we now call the forever wars. And I think that most Americans, Democrats and Republicans alike, came to the conclusion by the Trump era that it was time to get out of Afghanistan, time to get out of Iraq, time to end these efforts to change regimes through invasion and the use of force. And as a consequence, there has been a significant pullback, a retrenchment, particularly from the Middle East. Biden is reversing that in the sense that there are more troops heading to Europe. Biden wants to pivot to Asia. He's continuing it in the sense that the pullback from the Middle East continues. My best guess is that the trend lines will continue to focus on less America and not more. And that's in part because I think that's where the political sweet spot is. That's where Democrats and Republicans can agree. But also because I'm guessing that there is going to be a political blowback stemming from the war in Ukraine. I uh, shop several times a week because I have six people living in my house. And so my refrigerator empties out very quickly. I have to fill up my cars. Every time I go out, prices have gone up. This is not going to go over very well on Main Street. And so even though there has been this strong bipartisan surge of let's go defend Ukraine against Russia, I'm not sure how long this is going to last when we live in a world of spiking inflation, potentially devastating food shortages in the global south because fertilizer and grain in Ukraine and Russia isn't getting out. I'm someone who believes that we're doing the right thing by standing by Ukraine and giving Ukraine weapons, but it's time to start focusing on a diplomatic endgame. It's time to end this war sooner rather than later, partly because the longer it goes on, the more death and destruction, the more potential there is for escalation, but also because I do worry about the global blowback effects, particularly the economic effects which in the United States could fuel a return of a Trump-like neo-isolationism. Even if Trump doesn't come back, there are other Republicans who may well pick up his America first mantra. And it's worth pointing out that Joe Biden's foreign policy for the middle class is not completely different from Trump's America first. It's about getting America's middle class back up on its feet. It's about backing away from free trade. It's about getting allies to do more. So this is something, it's in the American DNA right now. It's just difficult to predict how it will manifest itself. So in your 2020 book, Isolationism, History of America's Efforts to Shield Itself from the Rest of the World, you look at the development of US foreign policy through the 19th and 20th centuries. 
And although you argue for an approach between overreach and isolation, what extent is an isolationist foreign policy even possible in the US? And what would such a policy look like if it were to happen today or in a future presidential administration? If by isolationism we mean a return to the grand strategy that the United States pursued in the 19th century, which was essentially no strategic commitments outside of North America, that's not happening. And it's not happening for a couple of different reasons. One is that the U.S., starting in 1898 with the Spanish-American War, has become a global power, still has the world's largest economy, still has the world's most powerful military. And there is an abiding sense that the United States needs to use that power to both protect its own interests, but preserve a liberal system. And for better or for worse, the the narrative of American exceptionalism is alive and well. You know, really going back to the founders, going back to the 1700s, I think it was Thomas Paine who said in 1776, America has the potential to begin the world over again. In other words, the U.S. was going to be a light unto the nations, and we were going to make the world more just, more democratic, more prosperous, more peaceful. That's part of the American DNA, and I think it will keep the United States engaged in the world. The other big change is that we live in a world that's irreversibly, irretrievably interdependent. Climate change, nuclear proliferation, global health governing the cyberspace. All that stuff affects us on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. We need to be out there dealing with partners and adversaries alike if we're going to tackle these challenges. That having been said, I do think that the United States has overreached particularly in the Middle East, the post-9-11 wars, and that as a consequence, we're going to see a pullback of sorts. I think it will continue to manifest itself mainly in what we call the strategic periphery, and especially in the wake of the war in Ukraine. I think you're going to see sizable American presence in Europe, a sizable American presence in the Pacific, at least for now, America's main strategic mission will be the containment of Russia and China. Well, thank you so much for that. That's all the questions I have. Uh, Professor Charles, Charles Kupchin, thanks so much for speaking to the ballpark today. It's been my pleasure. Wonderful. Sure. Thank you. Professor Charles Kupchin is Professor of International Affairs at Georgetown University. Professor Kupchin also spoke at the Phelan U.S. Center event, The Future of the Liberal World Order, on Thursday, the 9th of June, 2022. You can find a podcast of the event at lse.ac.uk forward slash united hyphen states forward slash events. And that's it for this extra inning of The Ballpark. Thanks so much to Professor Charles Kupchin for joining us in this episode. This extra inning was produced by Chris Gilson and Mohid Malik. To listen to all our previous episodes, just enter LSE Ballpark into your search engine of choice. You'll find us. We're free to listen to. And unlike lots of other podcasts, we're ad-free. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Email us any feedback at uscenter at lse.ac.uk or send us a tweet at lse underscore us. And tell your friends about us. The content and opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of the failing U.S. Center or the London School of Economics. Thanks for listening. <laughs>